Hello and welcome to the 1L2N podcast. I am Amy and we are joined by some very sparkly people today. Missy. I am glistening. Mike. I am bubble sparkles. Tommy. And our sparkly guest, Liam. Yo. And we are a family of creatives going through the story writing process and we're bringing you along for all of the shenanigans. Hello, everyone. How is everyone doing on this fine Sunday after evening, noon? Hello. I'm sore, tired, cold, having fun. What's uh, what's the temperature out there? Today it was 26, which is good, but it's been like the single digits really? for, for a while. Lots it of snow. Been yeah. in the 60s here for like a week. Yeah. 70s here we had to turn on the air conditioning yesterday because <laughs> <laughs> it got to like 78 in our house it was ridiculous <laughs> Open i thought window about turning turn the ac on, on last night oh, i was 78 outside too it was, it was it was we're supposed to get snow tomorrow but we'll see we yeah, we're supposed to drop down to like 20 tonight for us which is a little dangerous some quite violent like swings it, there yeah. oh yeah we went for a snow hike which was fun Snow hiking is like so much harder than regular hiking, and it doesn't seem like it should be. And we took Louie with us, of course, and about two miles into it, he got like these giant ice balls stuck to his paws. He would stop every couple seconds and like try and chew them off, and then, you know, we would like try and stop him. He'd be like, no, we gotta keep going, and then he'd run two feet, and then he'd try and chew them off, and so, yeah, eventually we got him off, and then he was all like, yeah, let's keep going. But as soon as we got back to the truck, he was like, oh, I gotta get in that. Which usually he's the opposite. He's like, no, let's keep going. It's so, <laughs> like, I'm done with this snow hike, please. I want to go home. Yeah, he was very done with it. That's, That's okay. how you get him to stop hiking. He's yeah. like, oh, the only time we're hiking is in the snow now. <laughs> <laughs> I know back when I used to run, my favorite running atmosphere was when it was snowing or when it had snowed. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I loved running on the snow. So great. So much easier than running on like concrete or dirt. Yeah. It's quiet too. It's peaceful. It's cool. So when you're like a sweaty monster, like I typically am, Mm -hmm. you're a little bit less sweaty monster. Although Mm -hmm. I I think Aaron got kind of annoyed with me because I had to stop like three times and adjust my layers, take some (laughs) off and put some on and zip stuff up and and have like these armpit zips for ventilation. And I couldn't reach them because of the jacket, the way I had to do it. So I had to have her do it. She had to take off her gloves to do it. And I think Aww. she's gonna she's gonna stop hiking with me probably. probably. She's gonna divorce you. Divorce well, papers. There's are no in the doubt mail. she will divorce me at some point. But <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Good thing you're not married to him then. Yeah. <laughs> How's everybody else's week? How's their your New Year's celebrations? We uh, we played Minecraft, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, Happy New Year!" Back to Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> There was um, more gunshots and fireworks here. It was an AR, it was a shotgun, and it was a pistol. I know that. And then there was actual fireworks. But as soon as midnight hit, it was like... It was was ridiculous around here. That's Um, how you celebrate in the South. That's how you celebrate. I don't mind like the the gunshots as long as they're not directed in the air. But the number of posts I've seen on social media about like bullets landing on people's decks and stuff this year is mm-hmm. a little yep. concerning of how stupid people forget yeah, this how is physics the, works. Yeah, this was the most I ever heard the gunshots whilst living down here. 
But I don't know. People were excited, I guess. The fireworks went off nonstop for over half an hour. And I went outside, and all I could see was the houses and the haze. I could not see any fireworks. Wow. So it was kind of disappointing. Did... Oh, was it like foggy out there or is it the smoke from the fireworks? It was foggy. Oh. So, yeah. Although I'm sure the, the smoke from the fireworks did not help, but it had, we had like We had like one big like boom, kind of like a cannon sounding. I mean, it might've been a cannon. I'm by the water. Who knows? And that was it. That's the only really? celebration there was. Yeah. We didn't have any other fireworks. I remember that city always having. Yeah. I guess where I'm at though, it's a little different i mean they i think you know where i live they do still have a lot of fireworks it's just in my particular like complex and the little peninsula that i'm on Mm -hmm. i guess there wasn't just that one (laughs) that sounded so i legit think it was a cannon fire because it was so loud and it was just the the one time and that's it (laughs) what (laughs) one of the boats maybe probably coming from like one of the yacht clubs or something oh yeah oh yeah or the navy just stole a shell to light some I mean they wouldn't need to steal one they just have them Oh no 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 some some recruit god I can't even think of the name of the navy cadets Ple- the cadets Plebs? cadets is that a missy cadet no the longshoremen the shortshoremen <laughs> the front shoremen what did, the, what did I say the junior Ooh, college navy people they, try again uh, <laughs> junior college navy people I think they could he pretty mm-hmm. much nailed it Baby cadets. They stole a shell. They lit it off at midnight. That's my story. <laughs> the word you were looking for is midshipman. Ah. Well, ding, I was close to the ding, short ding, and longshoremen, although I think those are union positions <laughs> for offloading a ship. God, I don't. The amount of stuff I don't know is staggering. <laughs> but you I know think, a little but too anybody much. Anybody could say, say that, to be us, honest. So. Yeah, but I am proud enough to, or I'm not prideful enough to admit it. Oh. Is that? I don't know. You're too prideful to admit that you know nothing. Look, all I'm trying to say is how awesome I am for telling everybody I don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay. Is, Duly noted, you're awesome. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Take note of that. That's how the world is. <laughs> I'm awesome. I don't know anything. <laughs> Speaking of not knowing anything, so all of us recently have started working out, and I really enjoy it however i don't know the names of anything that i do and i could probably google it and look it up but i'm just like yep i'm doing this i'm doing i'm doing the, the crunchies and the, <laughs> the, the push-offs yeah the push-offs the and the plonks <laughs> the plonks yeah the plonks. <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know any of it. and and even tommy's like yeah you can look up some i was like no 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 i'm still working out i'm still doing them i just don't know what any of the names are so just categorize it as like weights and cardio that's that's what i've been doing <laughs> if it makes you breathe heavy it's probably yeah. good workout. Yeah. Makes you sweat and breathe heavy. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's good. Just like a good hot pepper. <laughs> oh, I just have to eat hot peppers? <sighs> yeah. Just Great. Sweat just it have out. to inhale a bunch of food. I, <laughs> I've been on a, a, a spicy food kick, like specifically pepper. And I know people will hear this and they will make total fun of me because I'm starting off with Cholula. It's my favorite, like, everyday hot Cholula. sauce. It's super flavorful. Oh. Well, I recently discovered their green pepper sauce, which is just habanero. No, it's poblano and jalapeno peppers. And I've mm. been putting it on cereal. I have been putting it on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I have been putting it on like tacos. You name it, and I've been putting it on it. It's like it's so good for some reason. 
And now I just want to keep eating spicier and spicier things until I reach that level where I'm like, okay, that's a little too hot. I don't want to eat spicy food anymore. So I actually got my, first of all, our father is not into anything spicy. He does not like spicy things, but he loves he considers pepper too spicy. Yeah. The red pepper, the one flake, that too much. Cut that flake in half. It's, <laughs> he likes, he likes Cholula though. And so yeah. there was like a, a month or two for anything mom brought out. Dad and I looked at each other and we grabbed the Cholula and started <laughs> pouring it on. We're like, which Cholula tastes good with this? And we did exactly what you were doing. We legitimately put it on PB&J. We put it on pizza. We put it on anything we could think of. Well, hot sauce is great. Hot sauce is good because it, it adds spice, but some hot sauces are just spice and they're not yeah. flavor. It's just hot. Yeah. And I don't like yeah, the exactly. just hot. Of course, maybe yeah. my tongue isn't developed enough to actually understand the flavor there. Maybe it's so hot that my tongue is rejecting any kind of flavor and just going, no, 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 get it out of you. I, I'd have to agree. Like having, I like spice that has flavor. It, it enhances the food that you're eating rather than mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. washes away any taste, which I find a lot of people, they're like, oh yeah, just pour spice. I need to put lots of chilies and and all kinds of hot sauce all over it. I'm like, how do you taste the food? They're like, oh, it tastes so good. I was like, but you're just tasting the spice. I don't understand. So yeah, it probably is like a a palate development thing. When some people have lost their sense of taste or their sense of taste has been severely damaged, usually due to like long-term tobacco use or alcohol abuse or just health issues right spice becomes flavor because it's the only thing the tongue can detect like in significant portions okay so a lot of times it is especially true with people who have smoked for a long time they tend to prefer spicy foods because you can't really taste a lot of duller foods yeah i'm I'm guessing it's also a taste bud development type thing where you know, if, if Americans eat European pastries, they're often like, this This doesn't taste good. It's really gross. But that's because American pastries are so sugary that mm-hmm. we're used to it being super sweet. So we can't really distinguish yeah. less sweet flavors. Well, I wonder if it's the same thing. People who've grown up with a lot of spice, yeah. they can actually taste something that we can't. Same thing with smokers. They don't have the ability to taste stuff. So anything that gives them something mm-hmm. makes it better. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's a flavor it simply is a sensation just like sugar isn't a flavor it's a sensation when you add you know vanilla or almonds to things those are flavors and are you telling me lucky charms has no flavor no not really but it does have a little Mm. bit of vanilla to it so yeah honestly sugar without vanilla is yeah i made french toast i think for the first time in my life maybe and man was i good what inspired you? <laughs> you don't know I, a lot, but you know how to make delicious breakfast food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a small jar of Vermont maple syrup from some people for Christmas because I was talking about Vermont and they knew, you know, I liked it. And Aaron and I might move back there eventually. And they, uh, yeah, so they got me maple syrup and I never buy maple syrup. But then I was like, what should we do? Oh, we'll make French toast because Aaron really likes French toast. She's not a pancake person and I've never made French toast. And so. We got some small, really like weedy, seedy bread. The stuff that's like a thousand grains, different types Ooh, all mixed I love together. That kind. And but it's small, like thin bread, and I toasted it in oh. the actual oven for a bit to dry it out. 
uh, not toast toast, but I just dried it out. Mm-hmm. Did some egg and some milk, cinnamon, vanilla. And then we put some maple syrup in the mixture and let it all soak in together mm-hmm. and then fried it in a pan and put it in my stomach and it was delicious. <laughs> so... If I'm going to make French toast, I will let, I'll actually take the bread out of the bag and like set it out on the the counter on a pan for the afternoon. They usually make French toast as a dinner thing, but. Well, we didn't make it as breakfast because we needed more sugar. (laughs) (laughs) You need to prepare for your snow hike. Yeah. There you go. You needed to carb up. Well, we are all, you know, on a journey to get healthier. Aaron and I are already married, but we haven't done the wedding because of COVID. And one of the things that I really wanted was the whole family to work out until then. So that when we all get together, we can take a picture that we're all proud of. And, um, you know, so I actually wanted to it. extend that kind of mentality. I want us to look at that picture when we take it and say, damn, we're good. But then a year later after that, look back on it and be like, holy shit, we look even better now. Yeah, exa- I mean, it's I not think. something that we're like as soon as we get to the the wedding celebration that we're like all right let's get fat again woo yeah <laughs> i mean Although, that was my that plan weekend, for yourself. we will get fat trust me <laughs> um, you I'm, working out. I'm working out that weekend aaron aaron has a uh, disdain for working out she just like she she gets so bored so easily doing it so her thing is going to be giving up sugar and that is a near impossible task for that woman has, she runs on coca-colas and candy bars so (laughs) yeah her metabolism is insane yeah do you like she loves tv if i'm not mistaken and she has a tablet right yes she has a tablet she should totally i mean this is what i do when getting back into working out because my attention span is terrible is uh i work up in my bedroom and i bring my screen forward and i'll put on a tv show and then i'll just work out yeah because then i get to watch tv and work out and like distract myself while in tv while working out and i'm actually doing something so i don't know recommend that to her because i feel like she'd do that yeah i've actually when i i've told you all before when i work i usually have earbuds and i absolutely love listening to stuff i'll I'll watch youtube videos quote unquote by just listening to them at work especially like music production things or story writing or anything like that i'll try to take in as much information as i can i found that i used to do that while working out and now when I work out, I want silence. I want it to be a way for me to just decompress and focus on what I'm doing working out, which is an interesting change because in the past, it always used to be I'd go work out to listen to a podcast unless I was working out with somebody. But yeah, it's just a weird change that now that I can integrate a lot of that listening to stuff into my actual work routine that it all of a sudden I want to break from it when I'm working out. Yeah, it's, also, it's a chance that like, a semi-escapism you're just like you can think to yourself mm-hmm. without having all this media blasted at your face while working out too so i understand that i used to get a lot of good story development done when i was for me i was walking or running but especially while walking you know i could walk for hours and come up with all different you know character details and plot points and stuff when i was working out because it gets gets all the creative juices flowing in Along with all yeah. the other juices flowing. So I definitely, I think creative juices too. It's one of the reasons why if you start off your day by working out, you will probably feel better throughout the rest of your day. Even if it's something yeah. that you do for three to five minutes, it doesn't matter. You'll probably feel better. Well, that, I mean, that's also a benefit to why we're working out is not only do we want to get, you know, we want to look good for wedding pictures, but we also want to be healthier in general. But 
also mentally healthier as well. You know, this business that we have is, is, you know, mostly creative. And so when you're in a lazy kind of rut, you don't necessarily want to be creative at all. And so to be physically healthy, it also helps to kind of like the mental health as well and Mm -hmm. helps you on that creative journey. Yeah, it with without a doubt, working out helps mentally. And I would recommend that above anything else, because I, I feel like I'm I'm happier. I have more energy. I feel like I can be more creative and I can make better decisions because I've literally just worked out. And then the benefit of that also comes with the like, physical attributes of working out. But just oh, on yeah. the mental side alone, it's 100 percent worth it. I, I love working out for that reason. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I want to work out to look better, but it's, it's you know, less and less about trying to look better and just trying to feel better. I, I want to make sure that I, you know, I'm not like struggling through the day anymore or, you know, I have a bad knee and I want to make sure that I can walk up and down the steps or just walk around in general without being like, ow, ow, ow. So, yeah, the physical attributes of working out are great, but I think it's more about the the feeling better and, and having better mental health is what I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. One of the things that I want to start doing, too, and I think it's mental health-wise, combine it with working out is to be off my phone less. Or be, no, be off, my, off of my phone more, be on my phone less. Yes, did that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I, yeah. I find that, you know, if I'm playing around on social media or watching videos, the more I do that, the worse that I feel in life. And, yeah. you know, yesterday, Aaron and I, my back was hurting a bunch. So we were going to go for a hike and we didn't. And we kind of sat around playing on our phones most of the day. And it just kind of destroyed me mentally where I was, you know, I'm spending time with her, but I'm not actually spending time with her. So we started cooking different meals and stuff and went shopping some different places and watched some movies. And that was a lot more entertaining than just being sucked to a device that I just can't get off of. So I think yep. that's that's going to be another, another step for me is slowly weaning off electronics when I don't need to. I think the hardest thing it is, but the, the best thing that works for me is like starting off the day not being on my phone. Because the first thing I usually do is pick up my phone and I watch a video. Yeah. But if I force myself out of bed and I get ready for the day, I don't know why. I just feel so much better. It's so easy to get sucked right back into the to all of it. <laughs> to just looking at your phone for hours and hours oh, yeah. a day. It sucks. See, that's why you wake up a half an hour before you have to leave for work. You take a 15 minute poop. You get dressed, get your uh, lunch ready, and then you head out. I'm if you sorry. ain't pooping at work, you're not doing it right. Oh, I poop at work too. Don't worry. Oh, how? I was saying, yeah, what? you don't. <laughs> you gotta wait. We actually what? Yeah, how sorry. Many times a day? We've been over this. I go four times a day. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Liam, what about you? Oh, but he goes four too, right? Yeah, around three, three or four. Three or four. One. One a day. I don't understand how people do that. Here's here oh, my body. Two hours after I wake up, mm-hmm. pooping. I got poop. Once that poop's done, I'm feeling great. Mine's I'm about two and a half hours after I wake up every day. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm good. Speaking I of some up, I go good shit, did y'all watch Midnight Mass? I wouldn't say good. I would definitely say shit. 
Damn. Had some oh. roasted good yeah. content and some what the hell. No, it was amazing. It was probably one of the best things I've seen. And now this is why I can't wait to talk about it because we're all going to have such varied opinions. Very, very mixed opinions. So, yeah. Mike, okay, go ahead. Tell us. Go ahead and tell us why you enjoyed Midnight Mass because I know you've been wanting us to all watch it for a while now. So, what was it that drew you in that, that re- wanted you to recommend it to all of us? To it, watch? Was, it was so different from anything that I had seen and a combination of combining religion and horror. And by the way, if anybody's listening, just they've not seen it. We're going to get into spoilers. There's no avoiding it really. Yeah. So you should um, not listen to this. You should watch it first. (laughs) Yeah. Get get your own opinion on it. I know it is mixed with some people absolutely loving it and some people saying that it was trash. So it's, it's one, it's very divisive for lots of reasons. So um, I, in the description of all of our podcasts, I'm going to have a spoiler alert section. So it's going to have a spoiler alert of like all the stuff that we talk about in depth. And then it's going to have a spoiler-ish alert. And it's stuff that we kind of talk about. We don't go too in depth about just for, for people so they can like kind of look at it and be like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't want to listen to this one until I watch those. Will you have a, a skip ahead time mark? I can do that. I haven't been doing that, but I, I can do that. But I just make sure I I type if, every time what we're talking about. So I already have that going. I do that every single week. Okay, cool. One of the things I really enjoyed about it was, a, like I said, a unique mixture of religious dramas, which you don't see a lot of period because it's still considered kind of a taboo subject to have a lot of uh, stuff on TV. And then a, a horror aspect to it, which was very minimal in the overall thing. And I think the the overall horror theme of having a vampire was in the background of horror for me, whereas the people that were doing the stuff to each other was more horrifying than a vampire was. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I loved, which I guarantee that there's going to be people here that don't like, I really, really liked the long monologues because it yes. never happens in any kind of media. You don't get a long time where people just get to talk and explain something. And I felt myself while I was watching it going, this is going on for a really long time. I'm almost uncomfortable. And I had to stop myself and go, you know what? I want to be uncomfortable because I want to dive into the character more without getting to the point too quickly. I think that overall, the show took a really good approach of fully exploring what would happen if a vampire was in a religious Christian community that was isolated and how the people interact with each other. And it didn't over explain stuff. And it also did not under explain. It gave a full time for it to sort of happen. And for me, my favorite part of the show was seeing the justification that people had religiously for the reasons that they were allowing things to happen that they personally believed in how they would take stuff and they specifically used a bunch of Bible quotations and verses and stuff to shun other people, to make them believe what they wanted. And they didn't hold back in that aspect, which I very, very much enjoyed how it was a really in-depth approach to the subject matter. So that's why I really, really enjoyed it. And there's other stuff, but I'll let somebody else talk. It was a very unique angle to say have you ever stopped and questioned why you believe what you believe and why you do what you do according to 
whatever religious code you follow. I feel like a lot of times you get that in movies or shows, but not quite like this. And I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of it. I don't like vampire stuff. So that side of it was like, meh. But the fact that they made it a religious thing instead of just straight up a vampire, you know, I appreciated that. Although I, I thought it was going to be that it was like a demon. Like that was going to be the twist that he mistook an angel for a demon. Although it could have been because it could have been just a fallen angel and they just let you decide that on your own. So that was a little, I don't know, vampire stuff bores me. But I really liked the religious approach for it. And I enjoyed the interactions of all the different characters throughout they kept kind of shifting the focus of you think there's a main character but there really isn't Mm -mm. (laughs) it's constantly changing who the main you know in quotes character is Um, i think the island is the character the island is its own character there's several it's it's an ensemble piece definitely Yeah. yeah and i really liked how they did it because they did it subtly all of a sudden you're like wait a minute when did when did the focus shift? You don't even realize it's happening because you're so swept up into the characters and their interactions with each other. Something that really struck me, though, that I can't say I've ever seen in any other religiously focused piece was that, you know, you have this this woman who is dreadful. She just completely misinterprets scripture or she abuses it. She's horrible to people in the name of God and acts, you know, so much holier than thou. And you're waiting the whole time for someone to put her in her place. And in the end, a woman, another character is, you think it's going to happen, but she says, you're no better than us, but you know, you're no worse. We're all the same. We're all equal. We're all in this together. God doesn't look at you or me or them any better than anyone else. We're all equal in his eyes and i just thought wow nobody ever does that like yeah it was kind of, of humbling of like, to me like oh yeah even i in real life am missing the point while watching this story of waiting for her to get what's coming to her and i'm reminded oh yeah we're all the same <laughs> nobody's better than anyone else so i really although that really bitch did get what was coming to her she did but no more or no less than everybody else. Not wrong. They all got the same exact fate, except, yeah, the two kids made it, but they all got the same fate. So whether they were righteous or fake righteous or humble, it didn't matter. They all lived the same end. It's just the way they approached that end was a reflection of their personal character. And I thought that was really well done, too. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that totally. I actually had, I guess, an interesting approach on the show since, I guess, I recently, within the past, like, two years, fell out of religion. To me, initially watching this, it felt like almost an an attack on, like, these religious systems, specifically on Catholicism and how people really can justify anything if they Mm -hmm. want to. But then I realized that after, because I watched the Red Letter Media Review on it, they pointed out that this was... Catholicism was rather a catalyst to show you that people will justify anything mm-hmm. through the right means rather than the actual religious thing itself. And like that yeah. opened up my mind a little bit. 
through any system of beliefs it doesn't have to be religious ones it, exactly yeah so I, I thought that was really interesting and then furthermore how i felt about the show is i kind of felt that i thought it was really good writing acting performances i thought the screenplay was good i loved the monologues i like it was all really really good i just did not enjoy watching it while i was watching it i actually enjoy it more thinking about it now than i did whilst watching it and i like to call that type 2 fun mm -hmm. and i think yeah. that's what this show was for me was type 2 fun type 1 being you're having fun while it's happening type 2 is having fun while after it reflecting happens. or mm -hmm. talking or thinking about it yeah and i think it's partly because i i watched it during the christmas era like time and i was like "Woo, i'm so happy and then i watched midnight mass and i'm like oh i'm not as happy anymore <laughs> i did binge it in one night so that's probably the reason oh. why it was so Oof. bad it's quite the binge yeah it was it was a it was a rough binge but it was really nice seeing each episode progress further into this madness and chaos but then still the people around them somehow containing that chaos and justifying it. Yeah, there were some really, really, really good moments in this show, specifically when the, uh, the town drunk was confronted. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. The, the acting in that scene, like, I usually don't tear up in scenes, but like that one had me tearing up because it was just like, you really felt both of these characters and all their emotions and and the town drunk wasn't your typical town drunk he was going through his own stuff he was just displaying it in an alcoholic manner <laughs> yeah and it i don't know that they're the show runners and writers were really good at crafting characters that had depth that didn't follow a uh, certain cliche which is mm -hmm. something I really enjoyed in this show. Each character was unique in its own right. Uh, and I again, would, no main character. I so. would say the most cliched character was Beth, like the main villain of the thing, which was not the mm -hmm. vampire, which was Beth. Yeah. She, she was definitely was Bev, the most. Evie. Oh, was it Bev? Yeah, Bev. Oh, okay. Evie. Man, I've been saying it wrong, I guess. Yeah, because I think it's Beverly. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah, Beverly. It Got it. <laughs> Beth Beverly. Uh, Beverly. I love that name. Yeah, she she was a great villain because she was so committed to what she was doing and how she she thought she was right. Most of the time, I sympathize with villains, and I really like a villain you can sympathize with. But I feel like I never sympathized with her, and I just hated her all along. And because of that, I really enjoyed it because they didn't change her character along the way. She had no arc except for getting everybody killed. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Amy. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it a lot. You know, I'm no longer religious and it was so, it was such a religious show. It made me so anxious and wanted to throw up. I also binged it in a day and on Thanksgiving, I think, no, on, on Christmas. Yeah, it was on Christmas. <laughs> There are some beautiful moments in that show. Yes, like the the drunk and the, the kid, you know, t talking to each other, that, that confrontation. You know, that was a beautiful moment. And the the other guy who was like, I can't remember anybody's name, but in the boat when he like sacrifices himself or whatever. Like there right. are some oh, really beautiful. Riley, yeah. Riley. Oh, that there was, was a good one too. That was a good, great moment. There are some fantastic moments. And, and even 
my I would say my favorite part because it gave me freaking chills was at the very very end when they're all singing and the sun comes up yeah. and all of a sudden it's just silence that like yeah. I full body chills right before the yeah. song um, finishes yeah yeah right before, yeah, I was yeah, gonna exactly. say <laughs> I was like oh and and the way it was filmed the really long shots even the long monologues and stuff I didn't mind because it was still like interestingly filmed or beautifully filmed or whatever like they they had some good things to the show but it was so religious to me i just i hated it so much even with the vampire aspect although i i will say i like you guys were saying i did like that incorporation of like the religion not condemning the evil but actually justifying it and how they use scripture to be like this is an angel he's here to save us like through you know the lord through the blood we are i forget redeemed or something he's like that's why i don't feel any guilt about his murder and and it's it is you know you can definitely see how people will use anything in this case religion to justify anything and you know, I, I did like that unique twist on it. I just assumed like, oh, they're yeah, they're going to be like, oh, this is evil. And the fact that they were all like, yes, this is what we need to do. I was like, oh, that's that's a cool, unique twist on the whole vampire aspect. But yeah, other than that, uh, really hated it. <laughs> the, I, the reason why I suggested it to you, Amy, specifically was because the of the religion and the vampire and specifically the religion aspect, because I know that you're not really religious anymore and that I thought you would look at that and go, oh yeah, I totally agree with the fact that like they're justifying their actions that they shouldn't be and all that. That's specifically why I recommended it to you is because I thought that unique interaction, you'd be like, yes, this is great. Because <laughs> No, I, I I did actually like that aspect. Mm-hmm. I like the aspect of the 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 unique play on it that they had. I, I really enjoyed that. But the rest of it was just like so much religion. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I don't. But it wasn't like really religion. It was critique of religion. Yeah. And that's what I thought you would enjoy about it is how you can see how True. each character True. was doing their own thing and everybody had their own views on religion. And it was talking about it was a, a post religious um, view of what happened in there. Mm-hmm. And that is the, the aspect I thought you would enjoy is because it's it's hmm. not saying yes catholicism great in fact it's saying quite the opposite it's saying catholicism in the way that it's been used by the people is just as bad as what the vampire did that town had its life force sucked away by bev using the church and that is the thought the aspect that i was like oh amy will really agree with this she'll totally see how people are you know getting used so for me it was more of a critique aspect but Mm -hmm. i think that it was such a smartly written piece that you can take what you want from it and yeah that's true. really enjoy it i don't think that like missy said just like religion <laughs> well kind of yeah <laughs> but we said smartly written so, so. Oh, ooh. <laughs> oh. oh okay sorry sorry for as, stabbing as, jabs at religious it's it's fine as the I'm, most religious person here and i probably have like more i cling to faith more than probably all of you guys combined Mm -hmm. it's a core of who i am i really appreciated the questioning and the dismantling of 
faith in this show. The the looking at doing things for the sake of doing them, blindly trusting in a system that tells you you have to do this or you're unworthy because of that, using all these various points of scripture, like twisting everything. And in the end, you find out, well, the, the pastor that started all this didn't do it to bring about the end times or to bring about the redemption of man. He did it to save his secret girlfriend from death. Yeah. yeah, you know, so the the whole thing was really a commentary on motivation. Yes, because every single character had completely different motivations, yeah. and every single character's motivations were questioned and misunderstood by all the other characters, which was really interesting to see how they wove all that together. But the the religious aspect of it, I enjoyed that the most because it wasn't calling people fools for believing in religion it was saying you need to not blindly believe in it and there's a lot of bs that goes on in religion you need to open your eyes to that but it never said don't believe or anything and it also never said yes you should always believe because there's always some miracle twist at the end that makes everything okay but one of my favorite parts of the, the entire series which was beautiful and horrifying at the same time was when they start singing and go around from house to house picking people up to go to the midnight mass and bev is there and she's going i know Mm. or i'm sorry not bev aaron's there and she's going i know that something bad could happen tonight but i love everybody there and i'm still going anyway because that's where i want to be i want to be around people that i love and that to me showed the really great thing about religion that can happen is that sense of community and that belonging. It was such a beautiful way that they were singing, lighting candles, all walking together, mm-hmm. all united. That is great. That is fantastic. And so I, I think that there is, there's good and negative aspects obviously about mm-hmm. religion. And it wasn't, it wasn't saying like religion itself is bad. It's yeah. saying that you have to be, you have to question your motives for why you believe what you believe. And I think that's what was so beautiful about it. It showed the dichotomy of, of religion throughout the entire, like right up until the final scene of the, the pros and cons of how it brings people together and tears them apart of what different people in different states can yeah. get out of it or different people, how they are hurt by it. You know, like the, the girl who had been shot mm-hmm. and was in the wheelchair, she found her strength to keep going through her faith. That is what brought her joy and the ability, like, and, and just motivation in life. And even right up until that, that last sing, scene, they're singing, Nearer My God to Thee. They all know what they've done. They all know they're about to die. And they're finding strength to meet their end through that communal song. Yeah together yeah it brought people together that scene though that gave me chills but it also <laughs> they end it right before the last word i think they the also song. did my oh let me speak in a second she, she probably has something my personal favorite character in there was the sheriff which was played by raul i he did mm. such an amazing job at that yes and the, the only thing that oh, i've ever seen him in him so much was stuff that funhouse had yeah. done so i had absolutely no idea like you know that he was a good actor yes. but uh, just about every scene was he was in shine for me because it also showed the same thing although religion can bring people together it pushed him away because they were mm-hmm. like you believe something different so therefore 
you're not welcome. And it's not like with yeah. Riley where he was once religious and now he's not, and he's still going because his parents, they were like encouraging Riley to come back. It was the opposite with the sheriff. They were actively discouraging him from expressing his mm -hmm. beliefs. And the only reason why they wanted him in the church was to convert him. And it was not to share with him. So yeah, it was, it was just, he wasn't one of them mm -hmm. and they let him know it. Yeah. And yet, he was still the most faithful of all of them, faithful to his own religion, even yeah. though everyone else was rejecting him, and faithful to the community. That community completely rejected him, and yet right up until his end, he was still trying to protect them and save them and do right by them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, him him and his son praying at the end, yeah. that got me. And then when he like his yeah. son yeah. fell or when he fell over as his son was still praying and then like Yeah. Oh man. I was that so glad he me. died first so he didn't have to watch his son die. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there was there were a lot of emotions in that. There were so many great moments in that. And yeah. it has been a show that has stuck with me. We watched it over Thanksgiving and I still think about it. And I think that's why it's one of the greatest things I've watched in a long time because i don't watch like i watched the black widow and i forgot about it the next day yeah <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's, yeah it's it, there's no substance to it there was entirely too many explosions but mm. something like this just kept could have me had like thinking. five more <laughs> yeah. i don't think they could have there was i think an explosion <laughs> in every scene <laughs> and like seven in every scene at the end <laughs> yeah and and you know I, I, uh, I, I'm glad you watched it, Amy. I'm sorry if you hated it. I never want to give something that somebody hates. And I guess that's the problem with recommendations, too, is sometimes you think somebody will really, really enjoy something, and they never This will. is going back to what we were talking about last time, how I always feel like everyone hates the, uh, the things that I recommend. So I'm like, why well, might as well not recommend anything? Oh, no, I'm so going to keep hates it, recommending it. I'll feel bad. Especially <laughs> if it's something that I, I like. I, if I think you're going to like something, Amy... I will always recommend it to you, even if you hate it, because yeah. I, I think you'll enjoy it. But, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see. Uh, so Mike Flanagan was the creator, and he also did, I think it's The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting mm -hmm. of Bly Manor, two other mm -hmm. horror Netflix series, which apparently are also very good because they're very character driven. Really? As far as I understand from this, he was basically said to netflix like okay i want to do my own thing and he's tried to get midnight mass made for years in fact in a lot of the movies mm. and stuff he's directed there's like people reading a book called midnight mass or something and <laughs> so this funny. is a passion project and to me you can really tell when somebody is like i want to make this yeah. thing and has struggled to get it for so long so that's that's why i enjoyed it I don't know. fun side fact about mm. mike flanagan mm. he was born in drumroll please salem massachusetts Hmm. We don't know anyone that lives there, so I don't know why. So he's probably up. Southern Baptist, if I would have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought, you know, considering a lot of his focus work, it could be maybe he was inspired by where he lived. Um. So something that I wanted to say when I talk about, I didn't like it so much because of the churchy aspect. Wanted to do a little side story, and this is not me shitting on religion. So anyone listening, like. If you want to be religious, that's okay. I don't I don't care if you're religious. I don't care what you worship as long as you're not hurting anyone or anything. That's that you're okay in my book. 
But I had a, a roommate who took me to a Unitarian Universalist church because she was like, it's not really religious. And she she played piano for them. And, and she's like, you should come. You would totally like it. Like, it's all about, you know, celebrating each other and the earth and not like a God. Like, you're not worshiping a God there. You should totally come. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And I went and it was... It was so churchy. It was even more churchy than some of the churches I've been to where, you know, they had the hymns and they had like, okay, now stand up. We're all going to sing together. Like the acts that they were doing, the kind of process and and order of which they were doing things. The ritual. The rituals of it were so churchy to me that I actually started having a panic attack in there. She's like, oh, so you want to come back with me next Sunday? And I was like, no, no, I don't. And I think maybe that's why I don't like the whole midnight mass thing is because of the, the, you know, the church scenes where everyone's sitting down and you're taking communion and the reading from the scripture. And, and when anyone is talking to you about anything, they always bring it back to, you know, well, God, this and prayer, this and that. And it's, it's that, that aspect of where it's still that all consuming, overwhelming religious church feel it, it sounds like you have some religious ptsd in that aspect which oh, i probably totally yeah, probably. get i totally get and of course yeah if you're if you're triggered by something that is not meant to do that of course it can be difficult to consume i am also not religious and i oftentimes will while i'm driving long distances will just flip through the radio and if i land on a religious station that like has a pastor speaking i will listen to it for a while and it always always angers me because <laughs> uh, yep. because i, I literally don't understand what they're saying it's a, it's like a different language is being communicated when i hear yeah, a lot of language yeah when yeah. i hear a lot of pastors it, it's the way that they communicate with the language they jump around and then they use a justification with a passage that is strange but it gives them it's like they're citing their sources but then you're going wait why are you quoting that and then we'll jump around to something else and i I think it's very difficult for a lot of people especially if you've come out of religion and you've had your own like personal deconstruction that you will be angry when you see some religious stuff because you're gonna go i know that to to not be true for me and I am so sick of whatever they're doing there because it was forced upon me or whatever. So I, I totally get that idea of, you know, seeing something that because church gives me the same thing. I don't go to church anymore. And the last time I went to church, I I was cursing under my breath the entire time at how angry I was just looking around. So I, I totally get it. I will say it didn't give me angry feelings. It was like I wanted to throw up kind yeah. of feelings. But yeah, same. It's definitely in the first couple of episodes, you know, with all the setup, I got a lot of anger, but not like really intense anger, just like irritated anger of having to have gone through that BS, uh, you know, people treating me like I was less than because a, I was a woman. And then later on I was a single mom. So being completely rejected by the church and just the way that, the religious people were treating the non-religious people. Oh, oh yeah, it was, was so infuriating. So but I wasn't so much angry that 
oh, I hate religion. It was, oh, I hate people who abuse. I don't hate them, mm-hmm. but I hate it when people abuse religion, when they twist it for their own moral high ground or their own purpose. So Yeah. It's, it's totally okay <laughs> to hate the follower and not the religion. I don't hate, hate the, the follower. Yeah. I hate the belief, the, not the believer. Yeah. I hate the way no, the that believer, not abusing the abusing it. Hate. You hate yeah. the believer, not the believer. Yeah, Mike's saying do the oh, opposite oh, okay, of what okay, we've okay, been okay. trained. Yeah, and you know, I, I, if people want religion, if it brings a positive aspect to their lives, I fully support it, as long as it doesn't bring a negative aspect to somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And I think this pointed that out very well. Where if you're hurting people with your faith, or if your faith requires you to hurt people, then you're getting your faith wrong, or your faith yes. has gotten it wrong. Yeah. Now, when writing stories, uh, and I guess I'm specifically thinking about like fantasy fiction, sci-fi stories. Do you think religion is an added benefit to those stories, or do you think people feel obligated to add religion to those stories because there are so many? religious people i I think it's a little different for everyone yeah i I think it depends i've especially when i was post christian i found it very difficult to watch anything with religion in it because i was critiquing it for having religion in it and going well that's not how christianity is because i always took it as a way of you know any kind of religious material that is not christian is attacking christianity because that's how i grew up and even when i didn't believe anymore that's what i still thought in a lot of media and it took me a very long time to realize that it is not an attack directly on christianity it's an attack on belief systems and systems of power and the people who are put in charge and it looks the same in a lot of different religions so I, there's a few shows that have done religion very well. I would like to say Game of Thrones probably did the religious yeah. aspect uh, incredibly because you could see how somebody twisted that power to their own liking. And I, also, I think Midnight Mass did religion incredibly well because it also gave a very realistic approach to what religion is for a lot of people in a completely ridiculous sense by adding a vampire. I think exactly what you were. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly what you just described yourself going through. I realized I was going through while watching the show. I feel like I had a very biased opinion, and I was just like, uh, it was. It was more like, yes, you're attacking religion, and not like, like that. I was excited about that aspect, and then I realized, oh, it's it's not actually attacking religion itself. It's just attacking how how people really believe in something. And I was, I was like, when watching, uh, when thinking about the show, I was like, oh, maybe I, I really came at how I was critiquing it a little wrong. And I, I think that's just because I'm newly out of being religious. And so my viewpoint was like, attack it, woo! <laughs> Instead of, hey, no, there are some other works at play here. So I, I think one of the most crucial scenes in the show was when Aaron and Riley were sitting on the couch explaining what happens after you die. I think oh, that was the that entire was point of writing the show, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And one of the most beautiful aspects about that, which I've heard a lot of criticism for, is because it was a long monologue for each of them. But you notice they weren't having a conversation. They were listening to each other and they were mm-hmm. trying to understand each other as opposed to yeah. interjecting and saying, well, have you thought about this? This is right. This is wrong. It was a dialogue between them without having dialogue. 
where mm-hmm. they just listened and they presented two completely opposing views and did it in a really well-written style. And that is, I think, what the, the show was talking about. It's not attacking religion. It's just showing that you can have differences of opinion and sit down together and discuss it and try to understand the other and also love each other mm-hmm. without yeah. having that to was, hate yeah. or without having to attack somebody else or put somebody down, you can disagree and both come together as long as you're not harming somebody else. And that was crucial to both those characters. They did not Mm -hmm. want to harm anybody else with their beliefs. Tommy and I were talking about it, and he brought up a good point how with Midnight Mass, the dialogue did not feel like dialogue, but rather conversations people were having Mm -hmm. um, that you would find in normal life. There are a lot of times where it's, you know, there's that dialogue where it's back and forth really, really quick. The Aaron it's like, Sorkin oh, style where it's always somebody yeah. says something perfect every time. You know, yeah. So yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. But man, that also is good dialogue. <laughs> I'm watching the no, West Wing right now. So oh, that's okay, perfect yeah. timing with it because that's exactly what happens in like every scene. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you're fine. Um, but I, I do agree with that aspect of it is the way that it was written dialogue wise. It, it was watching conversations happen rather than watching actors spout off lines. Yeah. What did so you I, I, think about the vampire aspect of it? In what sense? Well, I, I know sense. you are a resident magic and, you know, vampire monsters type person, <laughs> right? I thought it was, yeah. I actually thought it was unique. I hated the fact that they tried to scientifically explain it personally, but yeah, I, I thought that it was uh, just a, a unique way of doing it. It wasn't a vampire who was afraid of crosses. Garlic, yes, who yeah. knows? I, I, did they use garlic? I don't think they I did. Don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't no, know. it was just sunlight. And it was a vampire yeah. who wasn't like afraid of people. It was just a diff- It was a creature. Well, and that's the biggest thing. Going to the, the crosses thing, that's like one of the biggest tropes of vampires is that like, oh, if you have a crucifix, like, oh, they, they can't. They're scared or whatever. So I actually like that they integrated really uh, religion with the whole vampire aspect because it showed that it wasn't like it was like, OK, whatever. It's religion. I don't care. Just trying to <laughs> make more vampires here. So I like that. I I like when people create their own versions of vampires and werewolves. I hate when there's kind of like set rules for monsters and stuff. So I actually enjoyed that aspect. I enjoyed seeing another kind of version and another uh, another interpretation of what vampires are. You know, not all vampires have wings. Not not all vampires sparkle in the sunlight. You know. It was just a different young looking forever. Young yeah, young looking forever and which actually that's a point that I they said that it brought you to like your peak of like who you were. And they did that for a few characters and then towards the like last two episodes they just like went away with that. Because all of the town was the same. (laughs) So I I guess Well, but it was a gradual progression. Yeah. There there was yeah, but the Look at the first episode specifically. Because you'll see old people makeup on a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's because they were he, they were slowly being given his yeah like blood and stuff. So yes, I totally get that. Everyone was kind of looking younger, stopped wearing glasses, was looking healthier, and I totally get that. But they had established that it brought him back to like his peak 
form and whatever that was. And, and even Riley was like, why am I not different? He's like, this is your chosen peak form. So it's interesting that the rest of the town didn't automatically go to their quote unquote chosen peak form. They were all just kind of <laughs> the same. Even though, yes, they did get younger throughout the the episodes, but they were all basically the same. And I wonder if they did that because they were like, okay, well, no one's going to like know who they are. I, I, I do think that they de-aged a bunch of people and they didn't up-age anybody because I don't think that they've grown to that specific age. I, I thought that a lot of the old makeup was probably the weakest aspect of the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mom. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I, I will. Well, I'll wait until we talk about Very something else. obvious it was a There's, young woman playing yeah. an old woman. Yes. We'll make a footnote here about old age makeup and how <laughs> it is unnecessary in a lot of aspects, but or how think, bad it is. It's specifically the acting with old age makeup because yeah. everybody goes, I'm such an old person. And they all do well, like Mike, the you just age so I, much. I <laughs> <laughs> they, they like hunch forward a little bit and lean in and they take their time talking and. I don't know, just go hang out with an old person if you don't know what they sound like or look like. They don't do that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might like hunch a little bit more, but. But some people hunch and other people don't. And some yeah. people yeah. have a deeper voice and other people it's sort of. Some people are scratchy, some people aren't. Everyone has some of the aging characteristics, but nobody has all of them. And stop doing I, that. That is, so this specifically, we'll talk about this when we re- review something else later. I'm not blaming an actor. I'm not blaming the director or anything. It seems like everybody that acts old always does the same tropes instead of just <laughs> acting like an old person with makeup. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyways, I like the vampire. I thought that was cool. Liked when he went, turned into what, Slenderman <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I um, really liked how it didn't... Uh, like, I was questioning whether or not it was a vampire. Like, cause I'm like, you have all these attributes. Yeah. They equal up to a vampire, but like the show was written in such a way where it kind of did for a second, have me believing it was an angel. I was like, it, I assume- is, is this a, it is this, I, I know this could be a vampire, but can this actually be an angel? And I didn't know. As soon as I saw that the, was it Monsignor's like floor was covered in dirt and there was dirt in the box. I was like, it's a vampire. Why? Cause that's like a trope that, vampire stuff does is like you have to have like your own soil or whatever from where you're from i I think it was to me it was very 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 obvious that it was a vampire but it also was slowly introduced like okay it is a vampire i didn't pick up on it to me i thought it was an i thought it was a demon the whole time that was being presented as an angel and that they were intentionally twisting scripture to pull it off i guess mm-hmm. i didn't look at it as like this guy was a vampire i it was just like eh, there's like vampire-esque tropes going on yeah, here yeah, but i never I considered thought, I that role as a vampire i it was always a angel or demon the whole time so. it's interesting because i i thought of the show specifically being written from an atheist point of view that everything that they're doing religiously is ridiculous. And here's an actual vampire and they don't know what it is. So they're assuming it's a demon or an angel. That makes so much more sense. Now that oh. you say that. Yeah. So they, because vampire doesn't fit in with religion at all. Yeah. So they had to justify it 
instead of just going, yeah. oh, yeah, it's a vampire, you know? Yeah, why would there be a vampire? God didn't make vampires. There's no vampires in the Bible. So clearly this is another creature we've already encountered in Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely liked how they used the various examples of how every time in Scripture someone meets an angel, they are terrified. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that happens was every so single smart. time. <laughs> Although I mean, when you read like scripture passages about what most of the angels look like they're freaking insane <laughs> alien off world nothing like the little cherub yeah they've got a thousand eyes see. and wings that move in all directions and the, at the spinning same time. wheel and, things and uh it's like I think six that's different kinda, wings and yeah. that's kind of why i was like this has vampire tropes when i was watching it but then like looking back mm-hmm. i realized yeah i understand this again smartly written because you can interpret it how you want yeah yeah you get your own thing for it mm-hmm. going to, to amy's question i uh want to write something that has a religion in there that's made up to specifically discuss some of the same things of the belief system the following it whether or not you're right or wrong how people view you that sort of things it's going to be a side character in the overall arching plot of it. But, you know, I I do think that you can really contribute to a world if you talk about how people believe things, why they believe them, and what they have to to look forward to, I guess, religiously. Yeah. I really love fake religions, cults, belief systems in, especially sci-fi, but in, in any series. Like, I absolutely love... The development, like that in-depth development, not just passing kind of, you know, mouth service to or lip service to it. Yeah, no, I agree with you totally there, Missy, because I feel like when people do that, they're trying to expand the world without actually putting the work and expanding the world. And when you really Mm -hmm. delve into, uh, lost the word, not like fake religions, but just like religions and like sci-fi. I don't know. It's just when you really get into the nitty gritty of that, that's fun. That makes for an, an interesting whatever. Yeah. So I have two points. Spoken. There is a book that I read called Never Night. It's a series, and it's I don't know if it takes place on Earth. I don't know, but basically, there's I think it's three suns and one moon. But it is the the nighttime only comes like once a once every three years. So people fear they fear the nighttime, and there is the Lord of Light who is like the main or or the god of light who is the main like religion that everyone's supposed to worship and then there's the goddess of the moon or the goddess of the night or something like that who is like the secret no-no religion that you shouldn't be worshiping or whatever mm. and people get their powers based upon like what religion they they worship and i like when stories do that where they kind of create their own religion and and interpret you know magic within it cuz you know me a magic whore but <laughs> I really enjoy that sort of different interpretation on religion. I mean, it was a little too religious-y for my standpoint in some aspects, but in general, it was a good series. But was and it just another- because it was too oh, real? Yep. Yeah, so real. <laughs> mm. No, I was talking about Midnight Mass. Like, the idea, like, it was too closely related to what you've experienced, minus the whole vampirism. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely. But another religious point I wanted to make in shows that we've watched before would be The Expanse. So in The Expanse, I 
can't remember if they go in more depth into it into the TV show. I need to rewatch that. But in the books, there is all kinds of different religions. And when the rings are finally opened up, there is a huge voyage for a bunch of different religious people that go out there to -hmm. discover everything. And there's actually a new religion that is created because they realized, well, if we all believe different things, but all of these planets have this like so much more in common than we thought. And there's this other being, this other evil being that's out there maybe we have it wrong and maybe we've not been like worshiping who we thought we should have been worshiping and they don't start worshiping the the like alien thing but they kind of start to all combined into one because they realize it's all just one like we're all one person we're all you know one we're all people and we're all connected and i kind of like that aspect of it of you know, we, we all love The Expanse for how realistic of a kind of space show it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that religious aspect of it, of even, you know, in the future, them trying to figure out religion still and them trying to figure out the answers and realizing, oh, we don't have all the answers. Maybe we need to rethink everything. Yeah, yeah I like as, that. As far as well. I remember, the TV show com- is mostly void of religion. The, the most they have is yeah. talking about the, uh, the, the Mormon ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how they Which, yeah. and that's that barely <laughs> in it. Yeah, they 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 do talk about that in in the book, but it's yeah. They go more in depth with it in the in the books, just the all of the religions in general. I like the fact that the you have the mormonship in there and and what they did with that because it's like it's it felt like such a natural evolution of that current faith and the direction that they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. so to pick it up you know all these how far is it a few hundred years couple hundred years in the future i don't know how far it's i like think it's a couple hundred three hundred something like okay that. yeah so it just it felt like yeah that would make sense they're on their ship they're they're building it they're getting ready to take that <laughs> voyage like yeah. i just i liked that you know for a sci-fi religion you sparked something remember how i said i used to consume stuff that had religion in it and think it was an attack on christianity mm-hmm. halo 2 and the story mm. for Halo 2, the oh, Covenant God. are like worshiping the rings. And I thought mm. that was an attack on Christianity when I was a kid. I was like, how dare they? Yeah. And it's the stupidest so far from it. But it's just because <laughs> it was a religion and they were criticizing yeah. religion. Yeah. You know, I'd been trained all my life that anything that goes against it or makes fun of it, like religion in general, then it's probably mm-hmm. an attack on Christianity. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Halo 2 oh. was was a terrible story until I went back and played it. And it's not a great story, but it's fun. It's it's still it's better than you know, I was expecting say that. looking back. It's a masterpiece. It's a fucking oh. masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> I know for me it was um uh, Deep Space 9, the Bajoran religion, like that mm-hmm. is a huge overwhelming part of the entire series. Um and completely drives several of the character plot points and so they're like watching a lot of those episodes as a kid there was some discomfort there because i'm like they're talking about prophets and they're talking about you know people being chosen and they're looking at these stones and seeing visions and that's witchcraft i can't you know and (laughs) you know having gone back i've watched the series twice now as an adult and i'm like it's just a unique creative religion that 
ultimately they they teach about charity and doing good to others and clinging to faith in difficult times and it's like a totally benign religion so i think if you look back and you grew up religious or you still are religious and you watch something like deep space nine or halo 2's campaign story and go <laughs> that is attacking my religion then maybe you need to question your own religion a little bit more mm -hmm. because if something that is so different is making you feel uncomfortable then it's probably not the thing that's different it's probably the thing that is familiar and you just don't know it yet yeah or it could be that your faith is so fragile that anything that might cause a wave makes you feel in danger of your religion falling apart and you know you what need to either take it a look at is there a flaw in in what you believe or is there a flaw in how you believe it and if, if you feel that religion is a positive thing in your life and again you don't want to harm anybody with your beliefs or exclude anybody then go for it i am all mm -hmm. all about it as long as it brings you joy and doesn't harm people go for it but you should always question it ahead of time robotology in futurama am i right yeah seriously yeah, yeah totally uh, robot satan so i'm sorry robot de <gasps> the, the robot devil. devil yeah yeah best character best religious character ever <laughs> yeah absolute favorite well on that note so misunderstood. i think we're gonna wrap it up today <laughs> good game guys good game thank you so much for everyone listening at home uh we really appreciate you using your time to hang out with us and listen to our shenanigans and we would love to hear from you what are your thoughts on religion what are your thoughts on midnight mass what are your thoughts on pizza uh you can reach us on twitter instagram youtube and reddit we are 1l2n productions and we would love to hear from you and also, if you love what we're doing and you want to show your support and your love, that would be awesome. If you could head on over to our Patreon and support us there, that would be much appreciated. And the last word of the day goes to Mike. Take it away. I would say because it is something that I can't stop thinking about, even if you don't seem interested in Midnight Mass, it might be worth a view. <laughs>